0: Buddy, welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're listening to issue number 45, and with me this week, instead of Gavin, I've got Motz with me from the news. Yo, <laughs> Motz, how's it going, bud? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. All right, I'm excited. I know this is this is actually a pretty exciting day. Uh, Nintendo, not so much announced, but they kind of more intentionally leaked uh, this Nintendo 3DS which uh, if if you haven't found that out and you're listening to this is a is the next generation in their Nintendo DS lineup um, and it's promising three dimensional gaming without the need for 3d glasses um, I don't know man what uh, what do you think of all this what do you? well yeah what do you, what do you think of all this? what's your take real quick?
1: Uh, first of all I, I just think it's weird for them to announce it right now as I think we're I mean, I don't know if the, the XL has launched or will launch, but it's it's around the corner at least. And and so in this case, where we already have a new DS, and right before or right after its launch, they announce another one. So what's to start, uh What's to get me to go and buy the XL then? Yeah, it's just uh, it's strange. Uh, the technology as well as I know there exists some technology to, to have screens uh, do uh, true uh, 3D without uh, the glasses, but as far as I can tell, I mean, at CES, that was, you know, hell, that's great, but insanely expensive technology that was years away from being realized, so... Yeah. I don't know how this will work. I I, I think maybe the the iPhone trick that uh, Kotaku did might be the case, but if so then that's not really 3 d that's more of, a, of a effect
0: really yeah i get you well let's uh, let me dial it back a little bit here so so people who might not know what exactly what the hell we're talking about everybody is really kind of speculating on one little press release that uh, that nintendo released and it's like a, it's a three sentence long press release And so just so that there's no so everybody's on the same playing field i'm going to read it real quick uh <coughs> nintendo company um Will launch the Nintendo 3DS, which is a temporary name, during the fiscal year or uh, during the fiscal year ending March 2011, on which games can be played with 3D effects without the need for any special glasses. The Nintendo 3DS, again, a temporary name, is going to be the new portable game machine to succeed the Nintendo DS series, whose cumulative uh, consolidated sales from Nintendo amounted to 125 million units at the end of December 2009, and will include backwards compatibility so that the software um, can be played with Nintendo DS series games, including the ones for the DSi, uh, they can also be enjoyed. We're planning to announce additional details at E3, which is scheduled to be held from June 15, 2010 in Los Angeles. So I mean, there you have it.
1: It, it so I'm, from this, I'm thinking they're they're going to do a significant graphical upgrade as well. I think. Yeah, it's not just going to be 3D. It's actually going to be you know uh, what we would consider this generation of, of handheld gaming. So I mean, you know, PlayStation Portable.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be we're going to be seeing a graphical upgrade, and of course, this is all speculation. But uh, the uh, the Kotaku trick that you were talking about was. Um, it's uh it's a a trick of the eye with the accelerometer where basically if you tilt the screen, you know, because there there is talk of this uh 3DS having an accelerometer in it. Uh if you well, tilt
1: I, I think I think it actually be a uh, gyroscope but gy- yeah. gyro- gyroscope. Um, so anyway, when you
0: tilt it it would actually be tilting the graphics that you actually see on screen, which is interesting but it's not really 3D technology, so that's a possibility. Well, um, and there's also that other possibility that they were showing with uh, with that head tracking using the cameras and everything. So who knows? We could be we could be seeing something completely badass here, or we could be seeing the Virtual
1: Boy 2. That's the strange thing, though, because they I mean the 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 temporary name is 3DS, and if it's going to be <clears throat> you know the what we define as 3D, then you need to have depth depth perception, and and you don't really have that with this iPhone trick. You you sort of just have angles you can view the screen from that's that's basically it um and and with it being named 3DS then it's obviously going to have two screens because DS stands for dual screens right so it's i mean I think it sounds like it's it's not a complete new uh device you know it's not a, a, a the next uh, DS but it's it's not a, in the DS series at uh, 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 you know at the same either. time yeah yeah, yeah so
0: I think it's funny that they call it the temporary name when I think 3DS is pretty badass. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, I'm also kind of surprised that they are, you know, they're announcing this and they're saying that it's going to be out within a year. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be showing more details, um, coming up E3. So that means there's either a Nintendo game in the works, there's either a Zelda game in the works, there might be a Metroid game in the works. Um, it's safe to say that they have not included. Third-party, you know, uh, 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 third-party developers into it yet. Um, it will be interesting to see who is going to be taking the first stab at, at making 3DS games.
1: Yeah, God, I hope they really, you know, try to beat the PSP in every way. <laughs> you no, know, ha- have this whole handheld media center thing with great graphics and all that stuff. That would be a, you know, nice thing for Nintendo to do for once because i have never really been on top of the. Graphics, uh, in terms of consoles. Yeah,
0: it would be nice if they did beat the, uh, the
1: PSP in all ways. Especially if they started, you know, including
0: stuff like, uh, you know, Netflix on, on the fly. And, oh, yeah. um you know, there's, there is one thing that I'm just, I cannot get myself excited about, uh, is that the, the pulse meter thing, where it registers your, your pulse to, you know, as your Oh yeah, games. the
1: vitality sensor?
0: Yeah, I, I I'm sorry, yeah. I, I can't get excited about that one. You
1: know, but I mean, could you get excited about the uh the uh what's the uh, the board thing? Um, what the hell is it called again? The board the, thing? Uh, the 3DS? No, no, no. The for the Wii. Um, you know, we did yoga and all that stuff. Oh, oh,
0: oh. the Wii. <laughs> yeah, I get you. The uh, the Wii balance yeah. board.
1: Oh yeah, exactly.
0: Could I get excited I mean, about it? No, but I can see the good practical application for it. And, and the practical application was obviously a, a really badass game like we, you know, we fit, which was one of the highest selling games of all time for Christ's sakes. Um, yeah. You know, if it, could, if it could be called a game, but I guess it is a game because they've argued that it doesn't help you lose weight.
1: Anyway, <laughs> um, I think it does though.
0: But yeah. I, I think it helps people become more open-minded towards exercise and, and their height, and weight, and stuff in a, in a healthy manner. But um, I I definitely do I definitely see the balance board as a more applicable peripheral than than the pulse meter.
1: Um, mm. yeah, I mean uh, I think you know if they ever did another um, Eternal Darkness, then the the Vitality Sensor would be great. But beyond that, I don't see it. Right. And and for that kind of game, wouldn't it be neat if it, you know, if that came
0: with the, the perfect darkness, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, it would come packaged with a horror game instead of yeah. something that you would buy separate that you play with Zelda.
1: Well, obviously, this is going to be a casual thing, because all Nintendo Wii games or things are. Uh, I don't think they could sell a hardcore peripheral. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Well
0: at the same time the the d s has always been a really great platform for for you know gaming on the go for casual gaming so i don't i don't mind you know a new a new you know uh i don't know peripheral or a new way of gaming you know on the fly that that seems kind yep. of cool to me yep so I don't know, we'll see. Everything is up in the air at the moment. I'm sure tons of people are gonna be speculating, tons of people are gonna be leaking out little nuggets between now and E three and then come E3, all the fanboys and uh fan elder geeks are gonna be, you know, foaming at the mouth by then. So cool. Yeah. That's that's a big thing that we all have we all definitely can be looking forward to um at this year's E three. Uh moving back into the news I guess we kinda of beat the the three E S to the to the ground here indeed <laughs> uh jack uh, jack, uh, jack Tretton says that uh you know we are most assuredly going to be seeing a kill zone three,
1: um, which was weird because he sort of dropped it out of nowhere you know it was sort of unprovoked, but it was a slip at uh, at the same time so what he basically what he, what he basically said is uh, on on game TV, uh, he uh, he had an interview with uh, jeff Gilly and he uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff asked him whether or not we would uh, you know, expect to see some Killzone announcements on on this year's E3. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, I don't think we are going to make an announcement, but I can promise you a Killzone 3. That's sort of a weird way to announce something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it really is. It really is. I. Uh, it's kind of like saying, uh, I'm not saying that we're pregnant, but I can guarantee you a baby within the next five months. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's great though. Killzone series has always been badass, and and uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people had some odd beefs with Killzone Two, but Killzone Two was
1: fantastic. I don't think anyone did though. I think the the praise was pretty much universal in that one.
0: I think I think the big thing was people were bitching about the cover system that it wasn't a lock on cover system, kind of like uh, where you're either one hundred percent undercover or not undercover.
1: But mm. I, I like that. I mean, you're not a, you're shooting people, obviously, so you can't be 100 percent on the cover. Uh, um, yeah, what's the the walls destroyed and stuff in that game, right? Mm. I think they did. I think so. No, yeah, I think they did. It's, it's been almost
0: yeah, it's been almost a year since I played Killzone 2. I should I should dust that off and give that a spin.
1: Yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's uh, it's true. I haven't played it in a while. I'm really, not a whole lot going on in news this week besides the 3ds announcement. Uh, but a uh, and, I think and, we should talk about
1: the, uh, the, uh, grading system.
0: The grading system?
1: Yeah. Uh, you, the, uh,
0: the Indiana professor who changed his grades to quests?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um,
0: I think this is just further proof that professors do not live in reality. <laughs> well,
1: I think, I mean, you know, Seriously, though, you know, uh, the the college and high school g- grading system in most um, places is, it's, it works great for the professors and the teachers, but the students don't really get, uh a, you know, a clear idea of where they are, uh, you know, uh, uh, during the sh- school year. Sure, they could calculate their average, but, you know, there's not really a, a, a sort of open uh, transparency. Uh, but this system sort of, Encourages people to, to, to analyze what they need to do to get a better grade and then do that instead of going around guessing. But I think <laughs> it's, it's really great.
0: I think, yeah, it's definitely clever. So basically it boils down to, you know, certain grades get more experience points and, yeah. you know, you've got to have enough experience points to level up. And, and yes, it's the exact same thing, you know, so as, as what uh, is going on now. But hey, if it gets kids to, uh, you know, to crack down and work a little bit harder, that's fine. However, I would like to hope that by the time you actually get to college, that your study habits have improved enough, and that you are adult enough to kind of work hard enough on your own. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like this is a high school class where you're getting. <laughs> this is a college. These people. Yeah. <laughs> these people. Everybody at that at that place has the power to vote and change the way the world moves. So...
1: <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Uh, when you when you say it like that when you, when you read these quotes of fighting monsters and crafting and quests <laughs> and experience quests, that part to me is silly but the transparency of it that I think is good and I think more colleges need to do that um, yeah. but you know the silly naming yeah that's just wrong
0: yeah yeah, but you know yeah. what honestly good for them and good for him I, I think it's very clever I hope that kind of thing kind of catches on more especially in the more uh um, I don't know, in the in the classes where they they can be a little more liberal with the attitude towards their students. Certainly, you wouldn't be able to have that kind of attitude in, I don't know, say a math or a science class, I don't
1: think. Um, well, that defeats the point, really, so... Yeah, yeah, if so... If you're teaching math, then people should be able to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> understand the grading system. You got a
0: 97, <laughs> or as you would like to be told, 97 experience points.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so I... I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Uh, moving on a little bit, uh, you know, again, not too many, not too many things in the news this week, but I think this is kind of big, is, uh, Zynga actually brought on one of, uh, Electronic Arts's, uh, uh, bigger, um, bigger names, uh, Steven Chiang, um, mm. to actually start working for them. And, um, Zynga actually, you know, um, is, uh, Zynga's getting huge. <laughs> yeah,
1: they, uh, they had a panel at, at, uh, Dice. Uh, where they talked about uh, Farmville and and uh, Mafia Wars and stuff like that. And those guys are geniuses in making money. Even yeah. not in in, uh, in making awesome games for hardcore players to play, uh-huh. but they've cracked the Facebook nut, and and they know exactly what to do to make a billion bucks. And oh, yeah. uh, I think this isn't the first time on EA that has gone to Zynga. Uh, I think, I can't remember whose name it was, but, uh, I think two other people have privileged as well, so.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. I mean, whew. Zing, honestly, Zynga is, is huge, and they're, they're getting bigger and bigger, and, and, um, and I think what's really kind of scary is, um, uh, how do I want to put it? It seems like they're creating an atmosphere that's very similar to the early 80s, where, um, where video game, uh, development was more like, uh, I don't want to say more of a business than it is now, but it, where it was a more of a cutthroat business than it is right now,
1: you know. Mm. So. I, well, yeah, I, th- I think what we, we what we have now is that we have this separation of developers and publishers, and Singa really eliminates that separation, and I think that's what you're referring to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think yep. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm kind of kind of pointing at. So anyway, um, that's big news for for Zynga, and hopefully that actually means some some good news for for people who actually play Facebook and, and social um social application games and stuff. I, I don't. Do you, Mots? Uh,
1: no. I tried Mafia Wars just because I got tired of getting all of these invites from from people without at least checking it out. So <laughs> I I tried it and I open up the application and all that in Facebook. And I think I lasted about 10 minutes, and then I said, fuck this shit, and I quit, and I went and played some real games. So,
0: yeah. I I get it. I totally get social gaming. It's, uh you know, currently we've got our PS3 and our our 360 and our PCs and stuff are all integrating social um, networking stuff into the games, so it only Mm -hmm. makes sense that social networking sites like Facebook and Twitter and stuff are going to start having games in them. You know, it seems like we're all kind of coming together into this meshy pot of, you know, video game yeah. gumbo.
1: But I don't think we've seen a real game yet. I mean, a proper, you know, full-featured game. Uh, you, you have stuff like Farmel, which could be, you know, argued is a simulation game, but uh, so much of it is focused on the social stuff. So much of it is focused on the trading. and stuff. I want to see you know world of warcraft in in facebook
0: dude that it's coming man it's coming man you you
1: yeah.
0: I, in fact i i i'm going to make a my wild crazy prediction of the podcast of this podcast and actually say that the next big world of warcraft is going to be on facebook <laughs> you know well so, yeah something nope, that you i can think- play wherever you know something that's not graphically intensive but still enough to addict the crap out of thousands of people you know mm. millions Millions, yes. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> literally hundreds of people.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, moving on. Uh, let's actually just uh, let's just do one more before we we wrap it up and, and head out of here for a real quick break. <clears throat> Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami uh, has founded himself a new studio. Um, Shinji Mikami, of course, is the guy um, behind Resident Evil, Dino Crisis. And uh what the hell was the other one that he did? Oh, Devil, Devil May Cry May
1: Cry. Yes.
0: So he's gone off Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's gone off and started his whole uh, new thing because he wants to do something new and creative, which I have to say, way to go, dude. I, I hope that it works out well for you because you know, Dino Crisis and Resident Evil and Devil May Cry are for the most part pretty much the same game. You know, yeah. except for, except for Devil May Cry.
1: Devil May Cry was definitely, a, you know, a... Step- uh, I think I, Yeah, I think Diamond Crosses and Resident Evil are, but uh, Devil May Cry is more of a... I don't know what that is, actually. Well, it's it originally... It a originally, stylish action
0: game? Yeah, I, I would say a stylish action game, and it was a first of its kind. It was supposed to be originally a Resident Evil game, but but he decided to step it away. But anyway, hmm. my take is, I hope that this does push the Resident Evil series either back to where it belongs with... Actual legitimate zombies and scary locations and shit. Um, or I hope it uh, I hope it spawns a whole new kind of you know horror or action horror genre,
1: which I'd love yeah. that too. Uh, he has an interesting list of, of uh, employees. He has people from uh, from Grasshopper Manufacture, and he has uh, Fun Fancy Art Directors and and Ukami Art Directors, uh, which it's a interesting mix because that's all pretty much. You know, opposites in terms of style of development. So, I think uh, I think it could be uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has a nice powerhouse team. So,
0: mm. we'll see. We'll see. It'll be it'll be pretty badass. I, uh, it would be kind of interesting if uh, you know if he has anything to say coming up at this E3. Yeah.
1: God, I we- think it's a little early though. Maybe next E3. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, anyway, you slice it. This is going to be one interesting E3. Um, I think because right now the only thing that people are expecting to see is going to be more of the of move, more of Natal and of course the 3DS um and so I think we're just going to be seeing a lot of new types of games this this E3. I don't I I'm hoping that we're not going to I hope this isn't going to be another sequel year like 2010 is.
1: Uh well I like sequels but uh yeah. <laughs> If they're done right. You know right. what I want? You know what I want? Cause I, I finished uh, Dragon Age Origins, or not Origins, Awakening recently. Yeah. And I was really sort of uh, jonesing for more of that sweet RPG stuff, but western RPG stuff with equipment and all that stuff. But without uh having to replay uh, Awakening Origins, because uh, I, I wanted something new. And I realized there's not really that much to play. No. That's really good. I mean, there's Oblivion, but I've played that like a dozen times. Yeah. And there's Fallout, played that a dozen times. There's not a Mass Effect, obviously. So there's not really that much to choose from, and I want some more people to to come into that that space yeah you could always you know
0: dial it back a little little bit further and and dig up your copy of never winter nights 2 which is still fun um but yeah, it, it, of course true. it's starting to look graphically dated um yeah but it was, it was a, a, uh, as far as PCs go, it was, a, it was a little bit of a powerhouse when it kind of came out. Like, uh, you know, it was very intensive on the process.
1: 2006, I think? Yeah.
0: Wasn't it? Yeah. It was a, it was a beast on your, on processors and, and, uh, video cards. So now, mm. after all this time has gone by, I don't know how many upgrades you've done, but most likely your machine's gonna be able to run it pretty smoothly. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a good idea, actually. I might do that.
0: But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. That, that genre has
1: oddly died. And what's funny which is it's weird because that genre is the one that's selling the most right now, uh, as opposed to Japanese RPGs. Yet there are you know hundreds of Japanese RPGs out there. Yeah, so it's it's strange. And
0: and you know what's even stranger is when people think of the stereotypical geek or the stereotypical nerd, they think yeah. of the Dungeons and Dragons kind of guys, and that's exactly what those games
1: are. You know. I think we do. I think we do have some. We had Risen, which you gave an awful review. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, I, did, I, did. So I did i did i did i did i think we have a lot of those uh underground uh types of games but they aren't really up to the quality we expect so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so yeah there you have it i guess that i guess that about wraps it up for the news this week Mats, you got anything else you want to you want to cover before we uh before we bang it out of here
1: well, I guess we could mention how Nintendo seems to be very skeptical about the PlayStation Move, but that's sort of an understated point. <laughs> Overstated point. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I, I,
0: well, I, I you know, I guess I, I kind of brought up my point about this. I think Nintendo, dear Nintendo, this is why I think people will enjoy the Move, you know. A, it's going to be in high definition. B, the console that they're going to be adding it on to is going to be already be playing Blu-ray discs, and C you know, people that are gonna be adding that console can watch, you know, uh oh wait, no Wii has Netflix now, doesn't it? Does it? I thought it did. I thought it did. I could be totally wrong. I don't I don't use my Wii for video, for movie watching. So sorry, my apologies, Elder Geeks out there if if it does. But anyway, yeah. I, functionally, you know, as a home entertainment center the p s three is offering a little bit of a more complete experience at the time for you know immediate casual gaming you know family fun the Wii is definitely adding the the superior you know experience
1: so yeah, that's that's so cool. a list so far. See, what i think I think Reggie did something wrong in his statement because he mentioned how you know what's going to motivate someone to go out and buy a four hundred uh, or a three hundred bucks p s three and then the uh the move for 100 bucks. Uh, first of all, if they're doing that, they're probably going to buy the Super Move bundle, which has a PS3 as well, and I, I'm guessing that's going to be like 350 or something, so that would now sell 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but but um, <laughs> more 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 to the point, he he seems to forget that the PS3 is already selling really well. I mean, they've, they've run run out basically. They don't have yeah. that console, and you know that's without the move. So.
0: Yep. No, I I couldn't agree more. You know what he should have done? He should
1: have said, uh I don't know what people shut that- up. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean stop all this mudfling between the uh the uh uh console holders. I, I mean Sony probably did did the uh I mean, while funny, worst bit of it with the whole new—it uh, only does everything commercial for Move, so. <laughs> so I guess it's fair, but still, just stop it, stop. You know, focus on your on your own product for once. I couldn't agree more, man. I w-
0: I was yeah. gonna say was why doesn't he say why would people spend three hundred dollars on that when they could spend two hundred fifty dollars on the new Wii HD baby, which plays Blu-ray. <laughs> you know that the- only. And that would have been the perfect moment for them to whip out, you know, the Wii 2, yeah. if it is, you know, going to happen.
1: But anyway. Well, if if you believe Michael Pachter, it's going to be on E3 this year, so... <laughs> we'll Dude, see,
0: if, if it did, Nintendo will have officially steamrolled everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Well, anyway, that about uh, that about wraps it up for time this week. Um, we're going to take a real quick break, and uh, we'll actually be right back with uh, Sella who had a chance to head over to GDC, and she's going to give us her thoughts on that. So, be right back. Hey, Elder Geeks! Got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on ElderSpeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums, or by sending an email to info at elder-geeks.com. Everybody, welcome back from break. Um, with me as a special guest this week, I've got Cella Davis, who works on a few of the things behind the scenes at Elder Geek, um, and she actually had the the fortunate um, opportunity to go visit uh, GDC this year again. Uh, lucky girl, and uh, and she's uh, agreed to come onto the podcast and and uh, you know give us her two 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 cents uh, on that. So, Cella, tell us, Cella, <laughs> Cella. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm sorry, I'm not from Final Fantasy Six. <laughs>
0: I don't think you're blonde either.
2: <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> so anyway, tell uh, tell us about um, about going out there. What uh, what was great? What wasn't so hot?
2: Uh, so the GDC, for those who aren't aware, is the Game Developers Conference, which is essentially um, a giant conference that takes place once a year um, in San Francisco, where everybody comes together. Um, all the game developers come together and uh, do two things: uh, attend and or give presentations which are uh, set up way ahead of time, just like you would in any sort of conference structure. And two, um, either attend or run a booth on the expo floor, which is, which is a place where companies can go and, you know, they pay money, they get space, they set up a booth, and they can, you know, show off all of their various different projects, products and projects. So, you know, for example, one of the people, one of the things I was there this year was uh, the IGF Showcase. So you could go down there, you could play all the different IGF games that came out, or that were finalists over the past year. Yeah. And at the same time, you also had, you know, the wonderful opportunity to go and say, okay, I'm a game developer or, or I run a studio. <clears throat> I have this, this game that I'm working on, um, but I, I see, you know, you guys are working on this kind of a thing that will help my UI out a lot. You know, you're a middleware soft, uh, company. You, you kind of, you know, provide tools for us. How can, what kind of deals can we work out? What are you showing off? You know, what are you doing right now? So it, it's kind of a two-fold event, which is, which is very interesting. Um, I managed to make it out there for... This is my third GDC, technically. Um, I went last year uh, for GDC 2009, this year for GDC 2010, and then um, last year was I also went to GDC Austin, which is uh, kind of a spin-off uh, Game Developers Conference down in Austin, Texas, as opposed to San Francisco, which has more of a focus on um, online games and social games. So that was very interesting to me as well. Wow. So, so, oh,
1: so
0: what? So ab- oh, I was going to say. So what about this year? What um, what cool stuff did you see? Like, I know you're you're involved a lot in in sound um, sound. De- would you be considered more of a sound engineer or sound developer? Um, <laughs> I,
2: I kind of. Have experience in both of those fields stands, so
0: <laughs> okay. kind
2: of, it depends on what people need um,
0: so what kind of cool stuff did you see on the on the back end like what kind of neat stuff is uh, is coming to games in general oh there's
2: There's tons of cool stuff, so you know people were showing off their the new versions of their engines, obviously uh, the unity engine for for developing games is very popular these days. They just uh, released a free version a few months ago, and they were advertising it like crazy on the expo floor, showing it off, showing off the new versions. Um, and and just basically saying, look how cool we are! This is awesome. <laughs> so that was you know that was one of the highlights down there. Um, you know there there was uh, Scaleform was there showing off their their UI elements, their user interface stuff, which mm-hmm. um, kind of goes on top of your game and lets you you know use your menus and click your buttons and see your health and things like that. <laughs> and then there was um, my my area of interest. We had um, Fmod, Wise, and uh, Miles actually made an appearance as well. Those are all. Um, middleware audio solutions that allow allow you to more easily play back sounds and take care of a lot of the, the complicated work for you there. So, it was really cool to see, you know, th- that they're all working on new stuff and actually see uh, the one I mentioned to Miles kind of came back from the dead. So that was very interesting to, uh, to notice and very unexpected actually.
0: Huh. Well, that's like the sexy side of uh, of gaming that most most gamers actually don't get to see is like the development side of it all.
2: That's pretty oh, yeah. cool. I mean, that's that's the world that I tend to live in. So it's it's a very very different world, very interesting world.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. What about like um, what about any cool games? Did you get to uh, did you get to try out any any games coming up? Did you get to uh, shake any shake any hands, kiss any babies?
2: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to play any you know upcoming AAA releases or anything like that, but. Uh, going over to the IGF floor uh, was was tons of fun because I got to go and play uh, Super Meat Boy, who we had a few weeks ago on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when exactly that was off the top of my head. I'm sure you can tell me. A
0: couple couple of weeks ago. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, we we all. I also got to play. Um, what was it Devil's Tuning Fork, which is which was um, or or Full Sale or or one of one of the universities out there, one of their um, games, their students put together that was. Based off the idea of um, you know essentially echolocation, sound waves going out, And so you you kind of you you make the sound, then you can see uh, the world, and then it fades away, and you got to keep doing it. And, and there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff they were doing in there. Uh, what were some of the other highlights? There was pretty There was over um, in the Gamma Four section, which was the uh, a- another little independent game uh, competition, which was this particular one was focused on one button. There were some interesting games over there as well, one of which was, uh, I forget what it was called off the top of my head, it was, it was something about, um, you know, the rules don't apply, you can screw your friends over, and, and so there's four controllers, and, you know, there's one button you press on each, and the game says, you know, everybody has to hit the button to log in. The game will say, you know, take five steps backwards, spin around four times, and, and you know, all these crazy things, you know, will tell you few things and then you have to slam and then it's like you know now press the button 12 times and whoever does it wins or, you know it, it just it just throws these these goofy little goals at you but it just stood out to me so much
0: <laughs> that's kind of cool that's kind of cool um you know kind of getting back to the uh, to the super meatboy guys did you actually see that uh that um tommy actually got his uh he actually got one of his his games pulled from the app store because of a, a speech that he actually gave at GDC
2: i've been following that yeah i actually i didn't make it to uh, that one that was the indie game makers rant right but um <laughs> I heard a lot of great things about it and I will definitely be looking to watch it at some point, for
0: sure. <laughs> basically what he had said was, well, well I'll, I'll, I'll give a synopsis, but basically he was saying like, uh, he equated the, the iPhone App Store, uh, to like Tiger Direct handheld, or not Tiger Direct, Tiger Handhelds. Do you remember those yeah. crappy L- LCD oh, things? Yes. And I not, still and have not, oh, I, I think I probably do too, but he kind of equated them, and I agree with him to a point, is that uh, they're less Actual games, and they're more, you know, a means to sell a market. They're means to sell like a brand kind of thing, and I kind of agree with that. But anyway, that's getting a little bit off topic, I guess. GDC's <laughs> um, a
2: dangerous place.
0: It seems like it's how like how huge is it? I've actually never been to a GD, GDC before. Like in reference to, I don't know, in uh, in reference to other conferences, how what's the uh, what's the attendance size? Like how many how many floors are there and stuff?
2: So this one was record-breaking um, for in terms of attendance. It was, I believe, about eighteen thousand attendees total.
0: Oh wow, that's a pretty good size.
2: So yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the big conference for most game developers.
0: That's real so good it, size. Kind
2: of everyone comes together at once, and and it's not just an event where you know you watch these things and you talk to these people. It's also it's a really really important networking event for everybody in the industry. So oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that's why you get people going and and you know. It, it's, it's an adventure. It really is.
0: <laughs> so um, any cool boots? Like, anybody have any, any, like, physical hardware-wise? Does anybody have, like, a super cool boot set up?
2: Uh, yeah. So one of the coolest things I saw there was, uh, was it 735 Studios over okay. in Boston? Yeah. Um, they just announced their, uh, their newest game, or, or I guess their first game, which is um, a guitar game. Sort of unsurprisingly, considering you've got a lot of rhythm stuff in the area, yeah. And their their little catch on it is you have uh, a physical guitar as your controller, yeah, with uh, Xbox buttons built in and everything.
1: Yeah, and the
0: uh, the guitar itself actually is can be used as a guitar when it's not plugged into your 360.
2: Yeah, so so it's a wireless controller, and then you know it's it's got your your little guitar plug, and just you plug the thing in, and all of a sudden you know it turns off the Xbox stuff, I believe. And then it, it you know plays through the amp and it's you know six string six string guitar just like normal. And then you you know you unplug it and you can go right back to playing the game itself, which they they were not showing the game, they only showed the controller. They had the television turned away. But they will they told me they'll be unveiling everything at E3. Ah,
0: uh, okay. So
2: I'm super excited for that.
0: Yeah, that's a nice tease that they threw out there.
2: Yeah, now- I mean it was it was really great because you could actually tell that uh, he, he would play the game, and then he would just, you know, plug the guitar in. The, the game would kind of keep going, you know, in in a uh, a demo playback mode, and and he would just solo right on top of the thing. It was crazy. It was
0: uh, uh, the, let's see, it's, uh, it's 745 Studios. I, I think 7 is written out, and then 45 is numeric studios. Yeah. Oh,
2: I, I said 735. I'm sorry, 745, yes.
0: 745, and uh, the game is going to be called Power Gig Rise of the Sixth String for PS3 and 360. That's pretty, yes. darn, that's pretty darn cool. I, I hope that that kind of thing actually picks up, you know. I really do.
2: Interesting to see. I mean, my, my biggest question there is, you know, I have, what, three guitars sitting around... You know, I wish I could use one of those because I'm already familiar with all that, how the guitar feels. But, right. you know, obviously I'm not going to take it in and get it, like, modded into an Xbox controller.
0: Right. You know what? Also, based on the on the pictures that I've seen, that, now these are just photos, so I, I, I'm not, like, judging based on real-life experience. But based on the photos, even these guitars look a little small.
2: They had uh, two versions. They had a... Um A small size that was, I believe it was the same size as a Rock Band controller. Really? And they had full size as well.
0: Okay, good, good. That's important.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're targeting the... um, (laughs) <laughs> the actual guitarist market as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to be, like, teaching people how to play guitar, and then in the end they just learned how to play ukulele, which is kind of the same.
2: <laughs> ukulele hero! <laughs>
0: no, exactly. Yeah, I, I I always thought that was one of the silliest things about Guitar Hero, was the fact that, like, the guitar was so small, and no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't look really, really cool while playing it, because it was just tiny, tiny things.
2: You um, I mean, always had uh, third-party people making, you know, full-length
0: guitars, too, but... Yes, and then you also had other people like Gene Simmons who made, like, their, you know, their Battle Axe guitars as well, so... <laughs>
2: oh, Gene Simmons.
0: <laughs> so what about, uh, you know, in that vein, did you did you get a chance to uh, check out, I think it's Rock Band Green Day?
2: Yes, so I was at the media event where they um, they actually showed off um, first view of Rock Band, or Green Day Rock Band. Yeah, so okay. that was... Um, that was a nighttime thing uh, at a club down in Western San Francisco, I believe, uh, the Rocket Room,
0: Deep. and
2: it, they had a a rock band night where they were showing off um, Lady, all the Lady Gaga DLC that just came out uh, <laughs> right before that came out, and then um, they they got the developers on stage and they pulled out um, a a demo version of of I guess their current build for Green Day Rock Band, so it is it was really cool actually you know it's it's Beatles rock band with um obviously all the green Day people and green Day songs I haven't seen anything yet mechanic wise that makes it uh different in terms of um, how it how it would you know have something new compared to Beatles' rock band but
0: yeah
2: I mean they're focusing on rock band three right now right. Because they just announced that as well, which is super exciting
0: yeah, yeah I guess so <laughs> i I don't know I had rock band one and two unless I, I I'm really hoping I don't have to buy more instruments for rock band three <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, hopefully not, unless they do something really really cool with it,
0: yeah, but you know what I think they pretty much nailed the drum set, I think they you know the the guitar is tried and true i'm I'm kind of wondering what they would have to throw out at us, you know, unless they were going to throw in the uh, the ability to use a turntable on the side, so you could play like <laughs> God, what bands actually use turntable and guitar and drums and stuff? Incubus. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you could be Incubus, basically. Well, Lincoln Park, right? Or Lincoln Park. Yeah. Anybody in that like mid two thousands range, you know?
2: You, also, so, you could also do like Keyboard Hero or something like that. You know? yeah. Go out, you know, play some uh, play some Rush, play some Journey. <laughs> oh God, Rush.
0: <laughs> I um yeah uh I'm not gonna I'm. Not, I'm not a huge Rush fan. In fact, I could probably downright say that I kind of hate Rush. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, it's like, you know, boot up the song one hour later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, what else? What kind of parties did you go to? Anything fun?
2: Okay. So so every night, you know, there's there's tons of things going on. And I, I got a chance to go to a few of the big name things. Um, yeah? What was it Tuesday? Oh, God. Tuesday was the first actual day of the conference. I think I was just... Uh, Working most of that night, I had um, a special IGDA um, chapter coordinator's dinner I had to go to, which the IGDA is the uh, International Game Developers Association. I actually run my local chapter. So Neat. that was kind of a, a thank you dinner for for everybody that, that's really involved with the organization and volunteers. So that was, that was fun. And I was just kind of like, I'm going to go sleep after that because I was just dead exhausted. <laughs> because that's what GDC does to you, right? It, it just beats you down and uh, beats you down some more and then... You, know, you have lots of caffeine, and then all of a sudden, it's over. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you, need
0: to, a- you need to have like that caffeine gum that was developed for the army, just so you can run around and, and gdc it up all all the time. Oh, God,
2: Jolt, Jolt actually uh, made a version of that for a while. Jolt gum. Really? Yes.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, there was some. Com- well, anyway, that's getting off topic. So anyway,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. Then there was uh, the the next night. Uh, I got a chance to to go to the uh, Disney historical. Museum. They had a, a party there for the Disney Interactive Media Group. Wow. And then, um, so that that was really nice of them. You know, didn't get to see anything really too interesting there. It was more of a meet and mingle thing. Yeah. But uh, you know, they they were showing. They had a television where they they were showing advertisements for all the Disney games that have been coming out. And you know, Warren Spector showed up, which was you know, really nice guy. Uh, after that was, you know, went straight from there to Green Day Rock Band's event. So that was, you know, one of the nighttime things. And then I started losing my voice after that, you know, second <laughs> day of the conference, <laughs> how it goes. Um, next, next night was uh, Thursday, which is when the, the main conference actually starts on Thursday. So the first two days are, are kind of a, a smaller, all day tutorial kind of thing and a very specialized summits. And then what they call main conference starts in the third through fifth days. So uh, that night was Thursday night. Must have been I think Valve's party. Um, rock Band Network also had something going on that I stopped by really quickly, where they were they were showing off you know all the Rock Band networking all the networking all the Rock Band Network songs that have been come out so far. Yeah. Uh, they they actually were showing off the process of how to author one of the songs for Rock Band Network, and I got to. Uh, Play, play a few songs with a buddy of mine who uh, has done some of the note charting for, for RBNs. So that was really cool. Well. Oh, wow. That is pretty cool. Then I think after that, uh, the last one was, I don't know if I should say this here, uh, kind of hung out with Destructoid on Friday night.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> They're good guys. So um, Destructoid and Astro Gaming, which is a company in San Francisco, uh, they teamed together to do the fourth year anniversary Destructoid party. And so it was you know it was in the astro gaming office, and it was just this this really nice thing with a whole bunch of people, a bunch of great people, the Astro guys are fantastic and oh. so you know, just meandering around, mingling, meeting people not not as exciting as you would hope, i bet, but
0: oh no, that's very very cool what about the uh, what about the valve party? Did they have anything going on there
2: um it was crowded and loud, and that was about it actually yeah it you, of,
0: you would so kind of it assume was, it to be
2: yeah i mean it was it was invite only they had these really neat little uh things that you, that you had to, uh, to hand them to get in, and then they'd, you know, stamp your wrist or whatever, but it was just, it was, they had an open bar, so it was too many people, too little space. <laughs> and they had three, three floors of a bar, so it was a big place. Oh,
0: wow. Wow. Okay. Um, huh. So, what, uh, you know, what's your big thing that you took away from GDC? Like, what was your big wow moment um, from the whole thing?
2: Oh God, my big wow moment.
0: Geez. Yeah, like when you're when you're coming home. And you what's your big holy crap? You, you know, I can't believe you missed blank. Hmm.
2: That's 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 a really, really tricky one actually. Because um, <laughs> I'm like I'm you know I go around and and at this point it just there's it's you you know how your senses just get overwhelmed. Yeah. Like that that's what always happens. So I don't know. I think. uh Jeez, i don't even know <laughs> there, there was, it, it was it was just everything all together was just so fantastic I, I think uh, my my highlight actually yeah, here we go so my highlight I think was one of the sessions, and that was the um, that was the big rant session uh, they called it jobless developers rant where I, I'm sure you know you've seen some of the slides from that you know I have, yeah. um, it was absolutely fantastic you know all, all these guys come up here with these this great passion. And they just keep saying, you know, well, you know, this is what happens. You know, or it's, you know, either fuck you, everybody, or, or, well, shit, I screwed up, or, you know, everybody learned from this. But And, and they did it in this, this really great way, and everyone took something out of it. But it was just, it was pure, raw love for the game industry uh, and the game development industry. And that was just so, so very touching, especially at the end they kind of, pulled away all the, the people who were actually on the panel and pulled up a bunch of people to talk for uh, just, like, a couple of minutes each. I'm sure you saw uh, Tom Bezaglia was quoted as uh, calling Bobby Kodak the e- evil emperor Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of people came up, and then the very end, you know, Brenda Brathwaite just comes up and just just dumps her love for the industry, and it was just, you know, I love this about this, you know, I can wake up and playing games is my, is doing research and, and this is just so, so fucking cool. And I don't know, I, I think that was, that little moment right there, Brenda's little, little tiny rant that wasn't quite a rant but more just an impassioned, uh, outpouring was just, that, that was so striking to me.
0: Cool, cool. Now uh, you said you you did two GDCs last year, and then and then yes. this one was your third one. Like we we are really in a very very fast growing industry. Um, wh- what could you say was like the biggest growth that you've seen from last year to this year?
2: from last year, well, the, the economy is starting to bump back up a little bit in terms of uh, people buying games. Yeah. And, <clears throat> obviously, GDC had record, record attendance this year, meaning that people actually cared, which is great. You know? Oh, yeah. The, the developers, everybody who's actually you know, making these game, games just loves it so much, and I think that's really, really important. Um, but, I, I mean, we started to see, you know, the last year, Uncharted 2. We started to see Final Fantasy 13 We've started seeing all of these really gorgeous gorgeous high-graphics games coming out all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, there, there's been, been a bunch of talks on the, the art direction there and uh, the design. But then you've also got uh, things like Heavy Rain that just came out with uh, what, what they, I, I guess they want it to be, to be sort of an interactive movie almost. And we're really at the point where, you know, your graphics say, you know, they, they look to the point where you're not like, what, what am I doing? I can't really be too immersed with this. Um, you know, obviously, playing Mega Man Two feels a lot different than playing Uncharted Two. Right. And and part of that is the visual effects. And so, <clears throat> with these games that are just absolutely gorgeous looking, we're at the point where we can we can tell stories that are immersive visually as well. And and I think that's the combination of all these elements is really important. I think we're starting to see that finally come together. Um, and look at the success of Uncharted. Look at the success of. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. I, I haven't seen Heavy Rain's numbers yet, but I'm I'm suspecting they're doing pretty well with all the talk that I keep hearing about it. And I think I think we're starting to see things move more in this this direction where you have, you know, these AAA games are, are absolutely just mind-blowing and everything just comes together. And, and that's what I'm hoping for, you know. Let's take this. We need a Citizen Kane for games. So <laughs> they, you know, they, they keep saying we haven't hit the Golden Age yet. Yeah. So... You know, maybe maybe that'll happen within the next five years. Maybe that'll happen on our current-gen systems. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you never know. I, I think probably the biggest difference that I'm seeing from, you know, just last year's, you know, just the games and stuff that we've been putting out last year and the games we're putting out this year is I think people are starting to realize that games don't necessarily need to look, you know, absolutely crazy to be absolutely fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you. I think for a couple of years we, we all kind of got bogged down in, in uh, being grittier and more, um, I don't know, grittier and more realistic looking and kind of swaying away a little bit from the fun factor. And I think we're starting to sway back into the fun factor, you know,
2: right and you're starting to see the fun factor come in with these visually appealing games
0: yes yeah which
2: is which is the best part
0: right right so yeah very cool well very cool well i hope you get to go to uh, gdc again next year um cuz you know <laughs> or at least hopefully you know somebody else will be able to go along out there as well with you but uh but anyway th- thanks so much for coming on i really do appreciate it um
2: oh i had a great time i hope you did too
0: absolutely absolutely and i hope uh you know hope everything goes well from here on out and we'll Talk to you soon, everybody.
2: Alright, thank you. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid! I love it.
1: Total Carnage! Mamma Mia! you <laughs>